Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today's topic is the tension we feel when two really smart people make opposite investment recommendations. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor, Invesco. Every day, Invesco brings together ideas with technology, data with inspiration, and investors with solutions. Let's invest in greater possibilities together. Find out more at Invesco.com together. Invesco Distributors, Inc. One of the most confounding investor experiences occurs when one hears conflicting advice from really sharp analysts. For example, Seeking Alpha's Jeff Miller is undeniably astute. In his Sunday Weighing the Week digest, he warns that investors are piling into low-vol stocks and writes, quote, The consensus among investors seems to be that interest rates will fall, the world will slide into recession, and stocks with exposure to China are particularly vulnerable, end quote. Miller, though, is inclined to the view that the trade war will be resolved, growth will improve, market expectations will shift, and that investors would therefore be wise to forget fear and embrace pain. Before I could blink my eye, I came upon a second article from another really sharp-seeking alpha analyst, Cashflow Capitalist. The title says it all, Five Reasons That Caution Is Warranted in Today's Market. Cashflow Capitalist's arguments are solid, especially his reason number five, that corporate insiders have been net sellers of their own stock all year, hitting a 10 to 1 sell to buy ratio in August. But I'm not getting any deeper into either one of these distinguished analysts' views in this podcast for one key reason. Financial advisors can't afford to embrace one point of view, no matter how smart its originator is, because doing so would risk a wipeout of the client's portfolios. If the client was all in, but the market tanked, and the client insisted on stopping the hemorrhaging by taking losses, that would be a bad outcome. And ditto for those who fled for safety if the market continued to achieve new highs for years to come. This does not mean that advisors, because of this awesome responsibility, are condemned to mediocre investment results. I think it's more correct to expect exceptional results if advisors recognize that no one person, as smart as he or she may be, has figured out all of the market's next moves. The reward for this humble confession of ignorance is to invest simultaneously in bullish and bearish directions, as I have repeatedly argued. It's okay to adopt a viewpoint. That's a worthy exercise. I tend to the view that the next long market phase will be a bearish one. I really have no clue when that might commence, so I myself plied into the low vol trade, as I noted in two recent podcasts detailing my purchase of Molson Coors Brewing Company and Israel Chemicals. I felt both investments included a Benjamin Graham-style margin of safety, so I am not concerned about short-term market shifts. Furthermore, these are long-term investments, so I am not concerned about short-term market shifts. The point is, part of my portfolio is always tuned to risk. But at the risk of boring you by stating my preference for maintaining a large risk-off portfolio as well, I reiterate that cash and cash equivalents give you survivability and optionality when markets falter. In that regard, I return to cash flow capitalist's pessimistic article and draw attention to his conclusion from which I quote, 
In a survey of wealthy UBS clients, it was found that cash and equivalents now make up over one-quarter of the super-rich's portfolios and are their largest asset by percentage. Considering the risks facing the market, it seems like a good idea to follow the lead of these wealthy investors in raising one's cash allocation. Over 25% cash may be a lot for some investors, but trimming positions and taking profits can scarcely hurt with the number of red flags that are waving right now. End quote. What I find fascinating about this is that over 25% cash falls short of the ideal I often espouse of one-third cash, even in the best of times. There may be more red flags waving now than at other times, but there is always danger, even if nobody's waving the red flag or if it's being waved but we fail to see it. If you invest with that understanding, then you can listen, learn, and appreciate the arguments of the smartest market analysts without ever feeling confusion about how to manage your client's money, and without letting the client down in up markets or down ones. And I'll tell you precisely why. When it comes down to it, being bullish is a superficial mental construct. Being bearish is a superficial mental construct too. It's a feeling, a sense, a fleeting and transient outlook. What advisors require to be effective in their jobs is clarity about the rewards of taking limited risks, and clarity about managing against the possibility of a prolonged period that punishes risk-takers. That is to say, they need to understand and act on behalf of client goals, beating a path toward satisfaction of those goals despite constantly shifting markets and incessantly contradictory opinions. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also, feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich, and our podcast was sponsored by Invesco.